we all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. All right, my Friends, welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I'm your host and coach, Brittany King, and I have a very special guest with me in the house today. Claire, welcome to the show. You are an international sales expert, trainer, speaker who has led multi seven figure sales teams to close over $9 million in high ticket sales. That's wild. And I think what else is wild is 4 million during 2020 alone when the world shut down and businesses were scared and everyone was like, what the hell is happening? You have a superpower, my friend. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you. Sales is my superpower. And I actually needed to edit that. It's actually 11 million by now. Cause I think I haven't edited, edited that little blurb since the, this year. So yeah, it is sales is my superpower. And I really believe, and when I coach clients in, in their businesses, that this is a superpower that actually everybody has. Mm-hmm. We just really haven't learned how to tap into it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> uh, I, I love that. And I love that that's the direction of this conversation because I think everybody has like a sales wound. Like at one point in their life, they had an experience with a salesperson or however they perceived sales that makes it feel really uncomfortable and icky. And right before we hit record, we were talking about just kind of our next evolution in our our life and our business. And I was saying that like, I feel called to help the past version of myself that loved helping people, but didn't realize that I needed to be good at sales and marketing in order to help more people. Um, so I had to like really do some deep work and transformation with that. And I also like, I think it is a skill that everyone has. I know that I developed it. I'm not born with the the skill of selling things, but when it's coming from a heart centered, soulful place, it doesn't feel like sales. So I'm just so excited to chat with this, um, chat about this with you today and just talk about the energetics of sales and money mindset. And like, these are some of my favorite things to talk about with my clients. So I'm excited to share that space with you. Yeah, me too. And it's just, I'm just looking at my journey and I, I, I also want to hold space for the people that are not at maybe the, the, the step that we're at. I hate to say like, um, ahead or behind or anything like that, but we're just at different phases, I guess, is the mm-hmm. better way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to make space for the, the, the journey that we're all on, on and different phases that we're in, because it, it wasn't always this way personally for me. And I definitely had major sales wounds, uh, around money. Um, a lot of the work that I do with clients is around money and, and also just communication, I think is, is a big thing. I mean, if I break down sales, it's just leadership communication and, um, your confidence. That's really what it is. And when you have wounds, like when we have any kind of wound, it definitely can impact our confidence, our belief systems, how we perceive reality or just all of it. So, um, there, there is a lot to be said about what wounds we have. And for me, 
the wound wasn't just the wound around, I didn't like to be sold to or sales feel icky. I don't want to sell. For me, it was even this deeper wound around just value. I really didn't value myself, which translated to me not valuing my work Mm -hmm. and me not asking for the value from from clients. Uh, this is back in my health. We both talked about, we're both in health and fitness and, um, it showed and I, I stayed, I was pretty resilient. I mean, I, I think resilience, a lot of people champion that word, but for me, it really was not a good thing to be super resilient with how much money I could or really not make, uh, for uh, out of college. I think I maybe made, 14k a year in 2014 they looked at my taxes and that's how much i made in 2014. um and so to to come from that to having you know 14 24 34k months it's it's a drastic change like literally we talk quantum leap that's that's what it was for me that was my experience Hmm. so i love that like through your experience you realize how you can help other people with this because it's just like especially women, we, we struggle with, um, relationship with money. I think the most not to generalize, but just from what I've seen and the clients that I'm working with, even before I moved into the business coaching space, like we, I talked a lot about money mindset with my clients. It just came up all the time. So how does this like tie into self-worth and value? Right. So, um, it, it's all, it's, it is just connected. I mean, I, I can't even imagine trying to separate it, your self-worth with asking for value. I mean, I'll just go back to my health fitness days. Um, and, and just a great analogy to think about is in, in, in indigenous communities still not even ages ago, the, the way that we exchanged so we talk the the language now the flowery language is like the energetic exchange like what did that actually mean (laughs) that meant you went to the shaman when you had like a blister and you said hey i have a blister and he's like or he or she you're like cool you give me some chickens i will heal the blister right Mm -hmm. and so there was energetic exchange like the for the salve the reciprocity would be chickens. Mm-hmm. Now it's just different. Now that we are in modern day times, we don't trade with chickens or wheat or barley. We have money. But somewhere in this simple energy exchange, we've got really caught up in this bad thing called money. And money is just a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's how we perceive it and how we use it and what intentions behind it that dictates its power. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think for women specifically, it's we are taught at a very young age and just how the system is structured that we are not of a lot of value you know even currently in the last year i mean our our rights and our value to our own body is being uh questioned and ripped apart so um there's a lot of things to consider and then so this is just like global external impact and i'm i'm all i'm also not a big fan of uh, external circumstances impacting our personal power. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's just external circumstances, the, the culture, how we've evolved into a capitalistic society. But for me, it's also looking at our own 
perceptions and specifically like what beliefs do we create coming from our, our family? So really being able to look at and not just look at a lot of the work in communicating, especially when it comes to uh, sales concerns, right? Everybody has concerns. Another word for that could be objections. But everybody has concerns. And really what it boils down to, we can't take a strong stand for somebody if we have our own wounds. It's like you can't help somebody with a splinter if you've got a plank in your own eye. That's probably not the parable, but I am butchering <laughs> that. It's been a long time since I said that, that, that phrase. But we can't really help others if we, can help, if we can't help ourselves. So mm-hmm. to me, it's just that's, that's the broad stroke of, of money wounds and how we got here and women specifically in service-based industries, why we have so many issues. Yeah. It just, it brings up so much. Cause I know when I first started, it was like, whenever the money or the exchange of value would be brought up, like I could feel my insides, like want to turn out. Right. And I had a severe money wound. I always say that I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. And then it was like ripped out. And I was like hit on the head with it, which is like not far off. Um, born into like privilege on the outside would just look like I have everything that I could possibly need, which like I did have all my needs met, but on the inside financially, that was, that was all the drama. And so Mm -hmm. my mindset around money was just so I was terrified of it. And then when my husband and I started talking about money, there was one time that I like literally just completely disassociated, shut down. It was like, trying to get through me and I like retreated and I left my body because what I grew up seeing was fights on fights on fights around money. So we were talking about money very neutrally. And I just like instantly was triggered by it. And it's fascinating because my husband is a financial advisor. His view on money is so neutral. And I do believe that being like around him and talking about it helped me neutralize money as Mm -hmm. well. So I didn't understand that though, going into it. So when I started my business and I'm hopping on these calls, I just was like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. This is way too hard. I, other people have the skill. I don't fast forward today. It's my, I love it. I love having those conversations more than anything in the world. Right. Um, So I want to talk about like how you empower coaches and service providers to confidently stand in their highest value. Oh, I love that. Um, so I even love that you shared your husband's in the financial industry because let's just go and look at um, why do we as service providers, uh, coaches have issues? It's because we don't actually talk about it mm-hmm. in your husband's industry. They just, I mean, it's like, please all they talk about all day long. That's all they talk about. There's no meaning assigned to it. So um, when it comes to me helping clients stand in their value, number one, um, there's a couple things. And when, when I work with clients, like in my 90 day program, this is like, a, this is like what we do. But essentially, if I were to say like the first kind of step you can take is really, first of all, understanding that there's no such thing as saturation in the industry. So, um, and I'll just give a really great example. When I was in the health and fitness industry, I I, I was like, okay, I got this. I got this brilliant idea. I'm going to charge the lowest, the lowest amount. And I, I'm going to fill up and people are going to sign up. And uh, I don't know if people still use this, but it's called Thumbtack. 
basically does the advertising for you. And I put my prices up there. I was looking at my competition. I'm like, oh, like I'm like five, $10 cheaper. It's so easy. Crickets, crickets. And I had to learn this hard lesson of nobody signing up to understand that people will not value you if you don't value yourself. I was not valuing myself. Mm -hmm. So therefore people didn't value me. Mm -hmm. And so it was like my first like slap in the face of, okay, there's something I'm not understanding here. I don't understand how I can explain the value or show them the value. So for me, it wasn't even explaining because my trigger around money wouldn't even allow me to talk about it. Like I just, I was somewhere in this fantasy land that people just popped out of nowhere and like wanted to hand you money without me saying anything about it. And, and I'm sure there's people out there, there's probably a great marketing coach out there. That's like, oh yeah, your clients will come to you. Like, but it also starts with you like claiming it. Like you have to say Especially what you're in doing. the beginning, like in the beginning, totally in the beginning. But it's like, funny. Cause you don't want, like, I was the same way. Like I just thought that people were going to come to me. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's a very, like, let's hold space for both of us and yeah. anybody that's listening. Like we get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just sharing my super vulnerable story around, oh my God, nobody signed up and I'm charging the cheapest. Like, and I, this is also an example. I could have made that really wrong about myself and I'm not going to lie for a second. I did. I was like, oh my God, there's something wrong with me. But then I, I started realizing, well, they're not talking to me. They're not actually showing them like what I know or talking about what I know. Mm -hmm. So it's going back to, it's not saturated. doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter what you provide, whether you're a fitness coach, you're a intimacy coach, dating coach, love coach, business coach, doesn't matter. What matters is that because FYI, nobody's remaking this wheel. I am not your first sales coach, like to talk, I mean, maybe on this podcast, but like there's, I could walk outside. My joke is I could walk outside and spit on a business coach. It's probably true. Like, you know, maybe somebody on my block is dabbling in that. Mm -hmm. And, and to, to also make, if that's like where anybody on that's listening is going, that's okay. It's okay. Because nobody can teach what you teach with your voice, with your experience, with your unique perspective. It's just like yoga nobody's reteaching down dog. Like there's nobody out there that has like broken the code and is teaching it a different way. Like nobody's teaching down dog differently. So what makes us go back to the same yoga teacher, even though Sally that teaches at five 30, you know, has a great class. You go to your teacher because of how, how you feel, mm -hmm. how you um, connect with them. It's not necessarily that the content is different. So for me, it's, it's how I get them to stand in value is understanding your context. Like you as the context is what is valuable. Mm. It's in, and it, weirdly enough, I work with a lot of, I've got maybe three or four physical therapists, like doctors of physical therapy. I, I tend to work with like sometimes higher education people that have like PhDs and are, are counselors because they're not taught this mm -hmm. skill of selling in your med medical program. Like you're, they're not teaching you that. Um, and it is just to show, it doesn't matter what you know, the content is a dime a dozen. It's who you're being. It's who you're being when you share that information that matters 10 times more than what you're teaching. Mm -hmm. Nobody's teaching anything different. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
I love like, there's so much power behind that because especially for people that are creating and think they just have to create for the, the sake of creating. And it's always like, well, what is the energy behind that? If it's desperate energy, if it's frantic energy that will be received in how, when someone is consuming it, like it's not something that we can see, but we can definitely feel that. Right. Right. So like this also applies, like whether or not you're a coach or service provider or in a business, like this also, this also applies to just every day life. Can you speak to that a little bit as well? Oh, a hundred percent. Um, so whether you like it or not, you are in sales. And so, and it goes back to answer even the, the question before around like, what do I teach them? It's really about teaching them confidence Um, so when you start to understand that it's your context that matters and that you, it doesn't matter how saturated the market is, it's your voice that matters. If that's a confidence piece. So I would say one of the things I teach people is number one, confidence, communication, and leadership. So, um, those are, those are really the pillars of what I I believe and what I teach. And when it comes to, um, let's see, I'm sorry, I lost track. I wanted to make sure I closed that loop because I didn't feel it was, it was closed. The question was, and has applies in every, like if you're, you know, oh, in um, a service everyday life. Yeah. Okay. How this applies to everyday life is we are all in sales. And so if we're not, okay. So we're not confident in our lives. Mm-hmm. And for example, if you're not confident and for rightfully so like being a new mom, I'm sure like it can be kind of edgy mm-hmm. trying to get your kid to buy in to the idea that vegetables are healthy, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I'm, I, in fact, um, maybe have some family members or people that I might be married to that mm-hmm. had, uh, had some experiences where, you know, food, vegetables were not always like, not available. They just were not valued maybe mm-hmm. as much in, in their household. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look at um, my, uh, this amazing woman who raised my husband and she didn't, she doesn't really have a lot of confidence. So for her to take the stand of the vision that, hey, vegetables are actually good for you. Like they, you should probably eat them. I can see how when her confidence is down and was down, they didn't eat a lot of vegetables. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to how it applies to everyday life, if you are confident in your vision, so if you're a mom and you know somewhere that vegetables are healthy and you tell your kid, Hey, you should probably eat these vegetables because they're good for you. You're in sales. You, uh, you, congratulations. You have sold, <laughs> you sold, you sold the idea. Um, another, and so this applies to any walk of life, how sales is everywhere. My husband, um, was a math teacher for 15 years and I always love thinking like, where, where is sales? Sales is everywhere. And uh, I'm a teacher. I don't sell, um, yeah, you do because you're selling the idea that math is fun. I certainly did not get sold that idea. And yeah, he would, he took a lot of pride in making his exercises in class fun and like making, making it more appealing for the kids and introducing games. So it really doesn't matter what you're doing in your world, whether you're a mom, whether you're a teacher, like you wouldn't look at those jobs and think that sales wasn't, isn't there. It is there. 
Mm-hmm. So, and if I were to break down the definition of what I believe sales, another word that we can use that's a little, like, I hate to say this, like gentler mm-hmm. than sales. And I've tossed that back and forth because like, let's just call what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with calling things sales, but another word for that is enrollment. Mm-hmm. Um, all sales or enrollment means is you're, you're buying into a vision. Mm. We buy, you know, we buy this chapstick. I've got chapstick on my desk. Like I buy this chapstick. I'm buying the vision that this is going to make my lips silky soft. I mean, that's, that's the vision that I'm buying into. Mm-hmm. So whether we like it or not, we can just choose to be part of the process. That's going to happen naturally. And FYI, if you're, if you're a coach and you're, you have a certain crowd or uh, audience that wants something, you may as well sell to them. And the reason why is because they're going to find something to solve their problem. They're going to invest in their problem. Mm-hmm. So they're either, if they want to lose weight, either they can invest with a health coach or they're going to buy a pill or they're going to buy a gym membership or they're going to buy the weight trainers. Like, well, they're going to buy something. So we may as well have the confidence to mm-hmm. say, hey, you have this problem and I think I can solve it for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I want to touch on that because oh, there's so many things that you said that I 100% agree with. And it's that confidence piece and like the certainty, like the certainty of like, yes, here's your problem. And yes, I can help solve it. I think that's like the number one thing that helps sell something is like that certainty. But what happens when someone is really good at sales and marketing and they sell you on certainty and then they don't deliver or they don't, they like it's the, the, the offer that they have is empty, broken promises. What do we do Mm -hmm. from there? So are you talking from the client perspective? From client perspective. Okay. Because I think that there's a lot of people out there that have had that experience, myself included, and Mm -hmm. it, it does it like. Um, like for me, whenever I have an experience like that, it like puts an armor around my mm-hmm. heart. Like because mm. when you're on a sales call, you're very vulnerable. It's like, hi, I need help. Asking for help is already really hard. And right. then something happens and there's a disconnect and then the promise is not there. Right. How do you heal from that so that when you get on another call seeking help, you're not jaded by that experience? You know, uh, my favorite analogy to use this is like, we've all had a bad date. Mm-hmm. We've all had bad boyfriends. Maybe some of us have had bad marriages, mm-hmm. right? And so I, and I totally hear you with having armor around our heart. This is, and this is not just with sales specifically. It's just like with anything with life, right? Mm-hmm. Where we can choose, we can definitely choose to keep armor, our, our armor on. That's a choice. We're sovereign beings. We can do that. And you as a coach and any of your listeners probably have a hunch that transformation doesn't happen in our comfort zone Mm -hmm. and where we feel comfortable with our armor on. It does mean cracking out of the eggshell, cracking off the armor Mm -hmm. and allowing our hearts to be open. Now I'm not saying that there's bad practices out there. I mean, for certainly they're, they're out there. I mean, that's, that's just the truth. It's it'd be lying to you. If mm-hmm. I said, Oh, you're no problem. Like you're going to go out there and make great investments every single time. And <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And like I would say about the bad date, or, or like we would say to a girlfriend that went on a bad date, that's really wanting partnership and wanting to find that right person. It's you got to take a risk. Mm -hmm. So, so that's that's the reality. That's like the the if we want to to grow, we're going to have to get out of, out of our comfort zone. The other piece with that that I think is important to address is each investment, whether it's for our health, any, any energy exchange is an opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had experiences. Yeah, I made, I made a $15,000 investment in mentorship this year and nothing's necessarily wrong with it, but it's just not a fit. It's not a fit for me. It's not actually, and it, it's a bit of a timing. It's a little bit of a lot of things. Um, and I accept that as my lesson. Mm -hmm. yes. I had this aha today. I'm like, oh, I accept this as my lesson. Like it's not lost. I'm learning a really valuable lesson mm -hmm. of where I need to, to spend time and not, um, honor my timing and, and be patient. That's actually the thing that I'm here to learn on earth. It's like how to be patient. Mm -hmm. Ironically, I teach sales, which is all about patience. <laughs> so, um, it's, it is an opportunity for us to learn. And I also just on behalf of any uh, person that maybe made a bad investment, like I, I want to apologize. That sucks, mm -hmm. especially if we've been manipulated or, mm. um, you know, that's going to happen. And I want to point us back to our own sovereignty. Mm. Nothing's happening to us. Everything is happening for us. Mm -hmm. It's happening for us. So that, you know, like bunny fingers, bad investment was really there for all of us to, to make distinctions, mm -hmm. to make distinctions and discern what is right for me. Mm -hmm. Because that bad investment, you know, my $15,000, it was just there for me to create more discernment around what I really need, mm -hmm. what, what is honoring me. And sometimes, honestly, you can't even learn that until you get in the trenches and make those risks. Mm. So I don't know if that helped with it. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, that just spoke directly to my soul on so many levels. And I couldn't agree more. Like those experiences that like you could classify as a bad investment end up being like the most valuable lesson that you can't actually put a price on. And right. yes, it doesn't feel good to be manipulated. And I think that's like one of the things that people like associate with because there are right. some like, old school bro marketing tactics that are very like heavily, like there is that like level of manipulation. No one likes to be sold to, but we love to buy. Like we love buying stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just, yeah, I, so I, there was a phase that I was in where I was really triggered by the bro marketing and I'm like, I'm teaching the feminine way of sales and blah, blah, blah. And I just, here's what I have to say about that. There is When it comes to the bro marketing, I think it's really easy to demonize the masculine. Mm -hmm. It's really easy. And I'm, I'm a feminist. I work, you know, the team that I work with, we are all women. We serve all women. You know, <laughs> I'm telling you, like I'm a, I am a <laughs> champion for women, uh -huh. but I also see where we get, we become at the consequence of yeah. other people. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this, any kind of energy exchange should be balanced in both the masculine and the feminine. Mm. And 
I was listening. This is so strange. This is on NPR of all the places. And what, they had a correspondent. This is just so bizarre. And I, I couldn't help it. Like, I was like, this, did I put on a podcast on accident? Like, what is going on? And it's on NPR. And one of their correspondents was following one of these window sales guys. And I was listening. I was like, oh, this is like so interesting. Like, how are they doing this process? Cause, I mean, that's like the standard, by the way, never give your email or phone number unless you really need windows to a windows person. Like they're going to do something with it. And it was really interesting to hear. And I, when I let my guard down, cause I was driving as NPR, I'm like, okay, whatever. Like I'll just like, I may as well investigate. Honestly, the, the strategies they use are not that different than what I've seen and taught myself and seen other multi seven, eight, nine, ten figure entrepreneurs use that are, that are what we would call like the masculine bro marketing. And again, this is kind of like the, the, I use the, everything is sales before, but it's, um, I'm thinking about, it's like alcohol. Alcohol, you know, people can abuse it a hundred percent. Like there can be major problems with it. There are people that can have, they're like what I call like um, sober forward. Like they have one drink a month or something like that. <laughs> it's just, it's just a tool. Like inherently the thing itself is not bad. Mm -hmm. So when I was listening to this, this interview, I was like, you know, they're actually doing right by the client. Like they're, they're asking them what they want. They're having these conversations. So this goes, just goes back to our own personal leadership mm -hmm. because when we are strong in our leadership, when we understand what our vision is and what, what when we get clear on what our challenges are, if it's not a fit for you and you're on the phone with somebody or on zoom and they're they're you're in an enrollment or sales conversation, when you're self-led, you know, when it's right for you and you know when it's not. So it's really disempowering to point fingers at bro marketing, mm -hmm. this coach took 15 down. It's like, it's just so disempowering. We become at the effect of external things versus being self-empowered mm -hmm. where I'm really clear on what my problem is. I'm really clear that I, I want to fit into this wedding dress and not have, you know, whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. When we're clear on that, you actually can't get sold. Like you, you, are in charge. Mm. We're all in charge of our decisions. We're all sovereign beings. So I, I really kind of dance around, not dance around, but this is, it's just delicate because I, I've heard bro marketing and I, I, I've been there and I'm like, that's bad. I, I think it really disempowers us mm -hmm. when, when we look at the external versus taking a stand for being really clear with clients. If you're on a sales conversation, not about you. It's about really helping them to get clear. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. And God willing, if it's with you, hopefully just solve the problem. Right. Hopefully it's with me, but just solve your problem. Yeah. Right. I, I love that. And I think that's such a beautiful perspective of just like anything in our lives. Like if we let external circumstances determine how we're feeling in ourself, like that's where we give all of our power away. And we are at the effect of things that we really don't have any control over. So I want to talk about being like self-led in sales and like what that, what, like what that looks like in practice. Yeah. So being self-led in sales, um, I think the, the first thing that I would say around that is having a system. Now I'm not saying like, oh no, I was listening to the NPR thing. 
they had like these like massive scripts and it was almost with a feeling I got from it because I couldn't see it was they had all these like twists and turns and turn right here and turn left here in the conversation. And I think being self-led number one, and one of the things I highly just emphasize with clients is just be with them, be with a client in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And this is why I, I do encourage people to use a script. I teach that in my courses and you could go and Google right now and probably Google sales script and your computer would explode um, with potential sales scripts. Uh, but really what's more important, again, this goes back to the content versus the context, content, sales script, they're a dime a dozen. It's who you're being when you talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. It's who you're being, how attentive you're being. Are you really listening to them? Mm-hmm. Are you, or, or are you thinking about the next thing to say? Cause I'll say, I'll, I'll be honest. If you're the latter, you're not, it, mm-hmm. the likelihood of having a great sale that retains in your program is going to be less. Mm-hmm. I see this again and again. So being self-led means making it about the client that I'd say that's like number one. Number two, it's in, in order for it to be about the client, you've got to let go of your agenda. Yeah. This goes back to step one that we talked about earlier, which is our money wound. Mm-hmm. And when you're starting out, it's really easy to get caught up on you probably need money. <laughs> like you probably need money. And that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. And when we start to focus on, I got to close this sale. And I just, I see that when I'm just thinking about Claire, you know, in 2014, I was like, I got to get a sale. I a hundred percent had the wrong vibe around it. Mm-hmm. Like that vibe is just you. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like desperate is what it is. It's like the desk. That's like we were talking about earlier, like the, that desperate energy can be felt. Right. You can feel it. And it doesn't matter. doesn't matter if you like, it's like dating. You can tell when somebody's desperate, like yeah. you can tell on the first date, you can tell. Yeah. You can tell on a, on a profile, I feel sometimes if they're desperate. So, um, it's number one, letting, getting, letting go of uh, number two, letting go of your agenda. So one, it's about the client, let go of your agenda. And I really feel that again, this brings in how I teach with the masculine and the feminine, like we need some structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, cause I've worked with a lot of feminine based entrepreneurs. I mean, I'm talking like Yoni work and like all, I mean, all that's welcome. And I love all of that. And we need balance. So a lot of times if we're not feeling confident, it's usually because we're missing a structure or a blueprint of how to have these conversations so that we're not just shooting in the dark. Winging it is not a dependable strategy. (laughs) I'm a fire sign. I wing it a lot. And I got burned by it when I first started building my business because you can't wing it all the time. Mm -hmm. It's not repeatable. It's not dependable. You have to have some kind of some systems. So that's like the, the, the masculine aspect of it. And the, the feminine aspect is being present with them and not making it about your agenda. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. this marriage of the two that I, I really believe that helps somebody be self-led in a sales conversation. Oh, I love that. And I love the way that you described it because it's not, you can't be in one energy over the other. It needs to be a balance and dance between right. both. And I'm just like laughing because I think I... I think of the calls that like, I just wing it. They always get off and I'm like, what was I do? Like, I just like have like these moments where like, I, it's like, I know better, but like, sometimes we just like, if we don't take these steps to have that system to hold the space, 
it just, it, it always does backfire. Um, but right. I do, you know, there's so many things that you said, because like when I think the biggest shift that I had, cause I really never had any formal sales training. Mm-hmm. Um, my biggest shift was not making it about me and just being able to like, listen to someone and be like, Oh my gosh, like I can help you. Like, I, like, I actually am like leading with this place of like, wow, almost mind blown when I'm talking to someone and everything that they are looking for, I have like created with them in mind. Like, I'm like, oh my God, you're the person that I was thinking about. I didn't know it was going to be you. And it just shifted the energy because I love taking those calls because I love listening to where someone's at and then their vision of where they want to go and helping them see that it's absolutely possible, whether they work with me or not. Like I always tell them that too. I'm like, you don't, we don't have to work together. If we are not a good fit, I'll let you know that. And I always lead with that transparent space because I really do. I'm like, I just like, if we're connecting here, like I want to make sure that like you do have support because asking for help is so hard. Like it takes so much courage as a woman, especially to just be like, hi, I don't, I don't got it. Especially like the high achievers, the powerful driven women that um, I work with, like it is not easy to raise a hand and no. say, I need some help. Right. So I want to talk about like the energetics of money. You know, it does like, it's like we're the woo and it's like, but I want to bring it down and make it like tangible and how this actually applies to all areas of life. Like obviously definitely with like sales within business, but like there is an energy exchange within uh, money. And I think that that's where most people get stuck. Cause it's just like, what does that mean? Energy is money is energy. Right. Well, let's break down what energy means. Energy is a vibe, right? <laughs> energy is a vibe. Can we get more woo than that? Um, so energy is a feeling, it's sensations, it's, it is literally light, light is energy. Um, it is, it can be uh, like kinetic energy, it can be felt like actual movement. So when we talk about the energetics or the energy of money, um, it's really, it's, this is going back to your husband's energy around money is very different than yours, right? Mm-hmm. So when we break it down, it's really our interpretation of money. Mm. That's, that's what determines the energetics of it. Um, because again, money could be in the hands of one person and they could create a whole, a whole new world of, of unicorns and rainbows. And it could be in, um, you know, a different person's, maybe that was a recent president or something like that and make, you know, make it pretty ugly. Right. So we, it's just energy is in the hands of the holder. Um, and when we say energy, money is just energy. It is just like what we are, what meaning we assign to it. I think that's another way of describing like the energetics of it. What does this mean? So we go to pay our bills. Okay. Is this an energy of gratitude, of expansiveness, of safety, of security, or are we dragging our feet? F this power company, stupid taxes, like what is our energy behind it? Mm, Because I'll tell you, like you can tell right away. I mean, this is, you can tell what is going to attract more money, have a healthier relationship than the latter, right? So when we say money is just energy, this goes back to the chickens, right? Now we look at, now we're not trading with chickens, but we literally look at the energy on our phone, like you pick up your phone and you can open a bank app and all it is, is just light. 
-hmm. in a screen (laughs) that is going into your eyeballs and your cones and the rods. It's just energy. So I know that kind of got scientific, but there's like science behind it, right? We're just looking at energy. Mm -hmm. So whether we, um, whether we are looking at our banks on our apps or we actually have physical, I have a hundred dollar bill at my, to remind me all the time about the energy of money. It's the power isn't in the money itself. The power is in who we're being again. Like that's, it's all boils down to that. This is why so much. Yeah, that's exactly. We'll both have hundred. Look at us. hundred dollar bills sitting right here. Money's here. She's here. It like wants to be with me. Oh my gosh, money. You love me. I mean, right. Think about, think about another energy that's highly disputed and that is love. Prove to me love, you know, like, like really give me the bowl of love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, that would be like my mom's adobo, <laughs> you know, give, but do you see, like, I mean, totally. it's, it's just, love is not this thing that it, it's in everything or mm-hmm. nothing, quite frankly, either we see love in everything or we see mm-hmm. um, nothing in it. Mm-hmm. So it's the same with money. We either see the, 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 the phone and we're like, oh, this is like $800 and I appreciate this. This allows me to connect to my loved ones or we're like oh, stupid phone bill. And mm-hmm. you can see the energy behind the money. Mm-hmm. So this goes back me say energetics and that's like the new thing, gold, sexy way of talking about it. Yeah. But also not Lynn twist has been writing about money for I mean, just, yeah, there's other people that have been talking about money for a long time, but it just boils down to, oh, the soul of money. See, yeah, she's so great. By the way, if you haven't read The Soul of Money, I mean, Lynn Twist is like an OG when it comes to money. Um, I've had a, the pleasure of raising some money for Pachamama with, with and for Lynn Twist. Anyway, mm-hmm. so it, go, it boils down to our soul, like how, like what meaning we assign around money and like what is our energy? What's our feeling behind it? Like what, we, what do we see when we see money or things that we buy? Like it's all inside of us. It's also, again, like, it's like alcohol. Like you can give alcohol to one person and it might have a totally different impact. Mm-hmm. You give one person your girlfriend tequila and she's on the bar top off, like having a good old time. And you might be, I have tequila. You know, this is my, my special clean tequila that I have. It's going to have a different impact. So mm-hmm. it's the energetics of money lies in you. So what's the most important thing to do if you're going to like, harness that, that power of the energetics of money. It's uh, uh, harnessing your own personal power, <laughs> baby. That's what, that's what it is. It's har- It's harnessing our it. own personal power. I mean, here's what I know is that we are incredibly powerful. We literally have all the power mm-hmm. in the universe inside of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like one thing I learned from just the spiritual work that I translate into my coaching. It's, we really have all the power. We are, we are in charge. Mm-hmm. And that is exciting and terrifying for most of us at the same time. Yes. Well, I think when people hear that, it's like such a responsibility because we right. have been putting responsibility on everyone and everything else for how we feel and how we show up in the world. So when you take on that realization, you're like, oh, Oh shit. Yeah. It's a big, and it's it's owning it too, because I like, it's the most magical, important work that we could possibly be doing in the world. But I think that it's seems so like big that most people are really uncomfortable um, subscribing to that. Right. 
Yeah, right. It's a it's a major uncomfortable. Well, because growing up, we responsibility, right? Right. Like, who wants to like? really not be coddled and like oh well it's everybody else's fault and I'm gonna stay in my little cocoon like yeah, yeah it's growing up is hard mm-hmm. being self-responsible is it sounds simple and it is simple quite honestly it's really it's simple. simple we're in, we're in charge of our emotions we're in charge of what we see we're in charge we're in charge we're in charge but it is not easy Mm-mm. no but I think like these are this like the the conversations and these are the steps that you can take to shift into that power. It's not like a you snap your fingers and all of a sudden it happens. It is an ongoing, I call it a lifestyle. Like it is literally you have to consciously be working on this all the time because it's just so easy to shift back to the default because we did right. spend most most of our life outsourcing our power. That's like what what we've done. And I mean, I know adults that are much, 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 much older and they're still doing it. I'm like, so it has nothing to do with the age. (laughs) No, no. And I, you know, what I will say too, I've known Matt, like very young. Um, most of my clients are so interesting. Uh, cause I feel like a big sister, like they're mostly in their twenties or thirties. Like, like, like in that age range, Gen Z ish, maybe like millennial age. And I will say, if you're in that age range, you have, there's something about that generation. They have so much access now. Yes. Like I think as an elder millennial, I'm like, that was not the case for me. Like there was like, no, you don't talk about money. No, you don't like, you got to follow the rules. Like, I mean, it was like almost like caveman, like cave person days, like disgusting. And I will say that I think as we evolve and each generation gets more and more forward with their thinking, mm-hmm. I think that the, the Gen Zers and up and comings, um, when they get the right tools, like they're going to be, they are really powerful and they're going to be uh-huh. more well-armed. I couldn't agree with you more. I, when I first started my coaching business, some of the gals that I was working with were like, I do, I agree with you. I like, feel like the big sister, like the old right. millennial. And I just was always mind blown. I'm like, when I was 21, 22, I was not investing in a coach and I'm still mind blown. Like some of the girls that I work with, I'm just like, you are incredible. Like where you're going to be when you're my age, if you continue to work on this is next level. And I'm always like, don't forget about me when you're like, (laughs) when you're ruling the world. Like I have, I've always been mind blown. And, And my husband and I talk about it a lot. Like I'm like, you know what I was doing when I was 22? Like, I was like, where's the I was dancing party? on I was a bar, bar. Yes. <laughs> getting body shots, bar. okay? Yes. Dancing on a yes. freaking bar, getting body shots. I have yes. nothing to do with coaching I, when I was like, 22. I did, yeah, I have nothing to do with it, like, at all. No. Uh, which is, you know, probably what led us into the coaching world. But uh, it's just... <laughs> It's so funny to think about because I just, I am, I'm so impressed and I agree because there is so much access. Um, and sometimes that's a detriment. Like there's just, it's information overload and it's just, we can go down rabbit holes and it doesn't actually get us anywhere where you just consume, 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 but we don't actually do anything with that consumption. Uh, but then there are the people that are like, that do, they create and they do something with it. And it's, it's truly, it's magical. Um, Claire, this was so fun. I knew knew (laughs) we were going to have such a great chat conversation. I'm so glad that we were finally able to make this happen. Um, if people want to, um, know more about what you do, like, where can they find you? Find me on the gram, of course, at 
Claire, C-L-A-R-E underscore Quee. I'm sure you'll put this in yeah, the show notes. And absolutely. Yeah, I'm um yeah, I'm honoring some of the time right now. I'm and we're making a big transition into RV life, literally in like almost two and a half weeks. So there's going to be a major vibe change and upgrade, I'd say, and an evolution over here. So, yeah, stay tuned if you just want to stalk some some RV life, but also oh, love it. Solid leadership training as well. So cool. Well, where's your first stop in RV life? So we're going to uh, we're staying in Colorado for a little bit because who doesn't love Colorado? But then yeah. we're going to like go across the mountains towards Moab. And then we'll head towards the Grand Canyon. And my, my dream, if we're feeling comfortable, it would be to be in Baja, uh, California, Baja, Mexico, Baja. Mm-hmm. What is that called? Yeah. Baja, um, California. Baja, mm-hmm. California. Uh, by the winter time. So opening the door straight to the beach. Amazing. The vision. Yeah. Ugh, well, I can't wait to follow along on your RV journey. That's going to be so fun and so expansive. Talk about like expanding just like on the wide open road. Um, right. it, ugh, I just love it. So I always like to end my calls with just like one final question of just like what's present in my life. Cause I just am curious about what's present in my guest life. And joy is obviously a very big theme in my life. My daughter's middle name is joy. And I just believe that like the joy that we like the magnificence of our life is based off of how much joy we allow ourselves to experience and feel. So I'm curious about like, what's bringing you joy right now? Oh, I love that. You know, what's bringing me joy is, and also I think if this is the duality of it, the joy of going towards a simpler life, which has in its own way complications. So the joy for me is um, letting go of some of the material things so I can allow experiences and less stuff into my life. And mm-hmm. uh, when I think about what's always brought me joy, it hasn't been because of the thing. It's been because of experiences. So mm-hmm. I guess that the, the, the message, the download I'm getting is, you know, choose to invest in incredible experiences, whether that's with coaching, whether that's with buying an RV and hitting the road, choose, choose wisely. And whatever choice you make is the right one because we're all learning. Oh, <laughs> God, it's like a wisdom bomb just like dropped right at the end. I hope this is what happens when you listen all the way through because there's just these magical wisdom nuggets at the end. I love that. I love that so much. I couldn't agree more. Um, thank you so much for your time and sharing your gifts with us. It was such a pleasure chatting with you, Claire. Mm, thank you.